Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of SAF Insights. Today, we'll be talking about logistics in the SAF market. When we talk about SAF, we often discuss legislations, pricing, and demand, which are, without a doubt, key elements for the market. But we cannot overlook the importance of logistics and infrastructure, um, which are essential to make uh, this market or, or any market function. My name is Julia Squadrin. I'm the Associate Editor of Argus Biofuels. And today with me is Jonathan Eo, CEO of Flyoro. Hi, Jonathan. Nice to have you here. Hey, Julia. Pleasure to be here. So let's let's start with um, with the first question and, and learn a bit more about Flyoro. So Flyoro is exploring ways to facilitate SAF distribution and blending by offering last mile SAF blending at airports um, for HEFA, but also for other production pathways that are still under development, like alcohol to jet or power to liquids. Um, how has this solution uh, developed and where is it being used mainly? And how did you come up with this concept and how do you think it could help the industry? Thanks very much, Julia. Okay, uh, well, Flyero was started with the purpose to alleviate some pain points in the industry supply chain, especially in the transition to adopting safe blends. While we saw how the book and claim system have helped the market, for example, in the West Coast of US, where allies can actively partake in SAP activities. Well, this system enables these airports with SAP supply based on the mechanics of mass balancing. But based on supply constraints today, this also limits other airports that wants to be involved. And we know that airports are also looking to play a more active role in managing their scope three emissions largely coming from their aircraft activities, including takeoffs, landing, taxiing in the airport. If we could also enable these airports with SAF supply on site, they can offer their partner airlines with SAF flight opportunities as well, ultimately reducing their emissions while creating a SAF ecosystem within that airport. It's a mutual win for both airports and airlines. Now, the question is, how do we enable a more distributed, or decentralized ecosystem for more to get the opportunity to adopt SAF. And with more SAF coming online, especially post-2025, I'm expecting a more pronounced tandem between book and claim, well, which can also be done via virtual accounting and physical supply, which means our supply chain have to be better positioned for this. By deploying blending capabilities to airports, Airports can leverage on already established jet fuel supply, which is already very economical, and have the flexibility to bring in the synthetic blend components, SPC, directly from the source, to be a self-integrated hub with reduced emissions. As a last mile self-blender, our role is to help the industry position the self-supply chain to be more dynamic and robust, as a technological enabler for the industry's journey in the energy transition. So if I could elaborate a little bit more on the pain point, well, one challenge that we saw, especially in the BAGA sector, is the rigid prices of the SAF blend product. SAF prices are at a premium compared to fossil jet fuel today, and this is a key challenge. As we know, SAF are largely blended in bulk, meaning that most access to SAF are based on a fixed product blend, more commonly at a high blend ratio today. Naturally, cost of these high blend products is going to be high, and it's quite a barrier for some to adopt. The desire to create various cost entry prices and spread out the SPC supply to be more distributed 
could enable more airlines to be able to adopt safe plans more cost economically. They could even start their reduced emissions journey from lower levels and scale up accordingly when more SBCs come online and hopefully attain a more competitive price parity compared to fossil jet. So what we are working towards is if we could pass more decision making power to customers via flexible custom blend offerings, we realize that can help alleviate some of these cost burdens. What we are really trying to create here is a breeze self adoption system scaling from low affordable blends with various lower cost entry prices. If we could generate more uptake, we could also aggregate a considerable demand level, which naturally drives the market. I think this um, that's very interesting, the point you're making. So if we think um, specifically about the European market at this point. Um, uh, if you think about the EU mandate, so there may be a requirement for physical staff to be available at certain airports that fall under the obligation. So do you think that in this context, last mile blending will be of growing importance or do you see more demand from the voluntary sector? Well, indeed, Julia, you are absolutely right on the EU mandate and obligations of having access to physical staff from certain airports. So for us, we are currently developing in three different markets, uh, Europe, US and Asia, and we saw different drivers in each market. In Europe, for this case, there's demand to have blending capabilities, which is, as what you mentioned correctly, aligned with the EU mandate, uh, Fit for 55, in particular under the Refuel EU Aviation Initiative, starting 2025 with a minimum volume of SAP at 2%. And then increasing incrementally every five years, reaching to a target of 63% SAF volume in 2050. Well, this potentially balances the responsibility of SAF uptake uh, between both fuel suppliers and airlines and calls for innovative solutions as well to meet this proposed mandate. As such, an on-site planning technology would potentially serve as a support and enabler to meet the refuel EU scope. Well, based on the current point in time, uh, I would see that mandates is driving this growing importance a lot more than the voluntary sector, but the voluntary sector is of growing importance as well. And I would think that the voluntary sector will steer the adoption levels too with growing awareness uh, to the community, especially in time to come. The EU mandate is very ambitious, which is a great thing. It helps to push the industry towards self-adoption and ultimately to see a significant reduction in overall aviation emissions. Based on the geographical locations of uh, biorefineries and refineries, with more product options coming online, basically self-products manufactured from different feed, origins, production pathways, and ultimately product grades, they are more variables introduced into the supply chain. To connect a more efficient distribution and supply chain network to airports, we foresee the concept of last mile blending would shift more from a want to a need. And so a growing demand is expected from both obligatory and voluntary sectors. The supply chain today is not robust enough yet to support the goals of these policies, but with planning capabilities at or near airports, we're expecting to ease some constraints to the self-supply chain, especially when more supply comes online. 
Now, going briefly into the future, on the demand from the voluntary sector, we are starting to see a considerable uptake in interest and demand generated, largely from corporate flyers currently, and with more corporate programs and initiatives being introduced. But growing interest from individuals are developing as well, with more awareness of the need to fly greener and how they can contribute. Voluntary sector will naturally drive variable demands as we can't exactly predict how much all the flyers on a certain particular flight decides to commit to. Naturally, the aggregated demand from every flight would vary. To enable this flexible blend levels then per flight, I would think that having an on-demand blending solution at or near site proximity could provide a more immediate response to these custom blend levels to enable the airline to fly on this aggregated demand to reduce emissions, no doubt you still do require your physical self. Thanks, Jonathan. Um, as you, you mentioned that you are working in um, several different markets. So with your presence in the various regions of the world, um, what are the key differences that you are witnessing today in how these tough markets are developing? So we mentioned Europe has this mandate approach, while the US has an incentive system, um, and Asia is also working on some mandates, but voluntary demand has already started in, in many of these regions. So which, which area, which region do you think is further ahead in terms of logistics, and which do you think will face more challenges and um, looking today, what are the key constraints to supply chains you're, you're, you're seeing already? That's a great question, Julia. So, uh, well, in terms of this, I would say the reactions and call to action for SAF uh, from the US, Europe and APEC are very different. Uh, the European and US region is leading the charge with developments a lot faster, exciting, but APEC has been taking rapid strikes as well uh, with a lot of developments, especially in the past year alone. So, for example, uh, we see more trials and uptake being done by several airlines, uh, such as Singapore Airlines, Malaysia Airlines, Qantas, Japan Airlines. And of course, I could really continue on that list. But overall, we tend to see a more proactive and collaborative approach from Europe which I'm inclined to believe that they saw how on-site planning could position the supply chain to be more versatile, especially with the mandates. I think with such ambitious targets set in stone by 2050, somehow the stick approach is a very practical approach. On the other side, the progress in the US is also going to be very exciting as well, uh, with the recent Biden administration ramping up SAF production to at least 3 billion gallons and reduce aviation emissions by 20% by 2030. Lots of other states are also learning from California's LCFS, which is the Low Carbon Fuel Standards, and adopt similar systems to incentivize players towards SAF adoption. Each of these markets do face their own fair share of logistical challenges. For example, Airports in Europe and West Coast of the US could have better opportunity to explore SAF supply uh, because of their geographical proximity to available SPC sources. While on the contrary, airports in Asia would not share the same benefit. This brings about one key constraint to the supply chain, which is the lack of sufficient supply to match the demand. 
we see lots of uptake agreement, but the available self circulating globally today is not hitting 1% of the demand. We barely scratched the surface. That is why even for us, we are being very strategic on the airports that could be a beneficiary of self-supply at this stage. We are hopeful that post-2025, more airports will have the opportunity to have access to more self-supply in circulation. So if I could bring you back on a high level and contextualize things on a global macro view, we have to appreciate that the supply chain today has been already very well set up and streamlined for the current jet fuel. In bulk transportation, highly efficient, which has also played a good role in bringing down the cost efficiently. Again, we have to note that this is with a pretty much standardized product specification, mainly your Jet A in the US and Jet A1 internationally. Now the complexity comes now with the introduction of SEF, especially as SEF comprises of a very diverse product range from different feedstocks, origins, and production pathways. And of course, the final product grade when blended. Naturally, even in the ASTM approved pathways we see today, out of the nine approved pathways, only five are approved to a max blend level of 50%, while the remaining two are 10% and another two that's five. The supply chain today is designed for bulk standardized jet fuel product, but we, when it comes to the introduction of these variables, lots of work still has to be done to position the supply chain to be more dynamic and robust. And we are working hard towards helping the industry realize this. Makes sense. Um, well, thank you very much, Jonathan. It was, uh, it was really interesting to hear more about logistics and, and infrastructures and hear your insights. I really appreciate you joining me today for this chat. Thank you very much. My pleasure. And, thank you very much, Julia. Yeah, thank you. And um, uh, just a final note for, for our listeners. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can tune in for the other episodes in our series, Staff Insights. And for more information on Argus global coverage on the sustainable aviation fuel market, please visit argusmedia.com forward slash staff. Thank you, Jonathan. Thanks, Julia.